Hey, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of Black Girls Keto 2. I am your host, Wendy Featherston, and I am excited about this episode of Black Girls Keto 2 podcast. So before I tell you who we have on today, I just want to take the time again to thank everyone for listening to this podcast and for reaching out and letting me know how life-changing this podcast is to you. And that really warms my heart. Again, it lets me know that I am in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And I am so excited that you all are on this journey with me. It is my goal to build community for Black women to be able to transform their lives on every level, not just in releasing weight, but what I believe is that when you release physical weight, or actually before you can release physical weight, you have to release mental weight and all of those limiting beliefs that hold you back. So that was a great segue and I didn't even plan it for introducing to you all um, our guest um, for this show. So this guest is special and I'm just going to read a little bit about her. Dr. Tanya is a psychologist and a teacher with the passion to help people live their best life. She provides coaching and social and emotional wellness to thousands of teachers, helping them to manage their stress, develop self-care plans, and beat burnout. So, Dr. Tanya Featherston just happens to be my wife. And she is our resident psychologist here at Black Girls Keto 2. So, without further ado, I am going to stop talking so I can bring on Dr. Tanya. And we are going to talk about the missing link of weight loss. Did I say that? (laughs) that's her title and I have to correct her but the missing link of weight releasing so stay tuned and we'll be right back with Dr. Tanya Featherston all right everyone welcome so I am just excited again to have um, Dr. Tanya Featherston, which is my wife, on the the (laughs) show today. And this is actually my first (laughs) in-studio recording. And um, hopefully she'll, you know, act right. (laughs) (laughs) So we are talking about the missing link to releasing weight. What's holding you up? What's stopping you? There is a disconnect um, that a lot of us have, no matter what we do um, to release weight. 
and and when we're on our journey, you know, there's some things that cause us to go back and forward and self-sabotaging and things like that. So Dr. Tanya is going to help us get our whole life together. She's going to help us get our lives together, y'all. So without further ado, Dr. Tanya is in the studio with Wendy. Dr. Tanya, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be in the studio. You know, it's taken a little time for Dr. Tanya to be in the studio. (laughs) My wife has interviewed a lot of fabulous queens um, about keto. And so now I guess it's, it's my turn to come and grace you with the the secret sauce. I got the keto secret sauce. All right now. <laughs> so you're going to want to listen up to this one. All right. So Dr. Tanya, what do you think the missing link is? Tell us. We want to know. You want to know? Oh, we want to know. (laughs) Okay, give it to us. Are y'all listening? Listen up. This is the secret sauce. So the missing link in losing or wait, wait, because you corrected me earlier in releasing weight. Absolutely. um, That's the psychologist side of me. The missing link in releasing weight um, that I figured out really has to do with the emotional and mental side of releasing weight. So, so often we talk about um, what are you eating, you know, and and because we are all keto, then we focus on eating, you know, certain types of foods. Of course, there's always the conversation about, you know, getting some movement. How are you exercising? Those kinds of things. Um, Even when it comes to um, going as far as having different types of um, weight releasing, if you will, surgeries. Um, there's always a missing link there. People, you know, we know lots of people who have had, um, the different types of surgeries who have been on different, I myself with my own personal story, I've lost up, uh, probably the highest amount of weight I've released has been 120 pounds in, in one go round. Um, And doing lots of different things. So having tried all kinds of things to be able to sort of get that piece um, under control for me. But there was always something that seemed to make me go back that that other direction. Um, And so trying to figure out why is it that I keep going, if you can release 120 pounds and then you go back and you're right back, you know, to square one, right where you start. Sometimes picking up um, some cousins exactly, along the yes, way. Exactly. Yes. You pick up some extra people along the way, <laughs> a couple of little babies uh, that you feel like holding on to your legs um, along the way. So yes. And I've had that too, where there have been times where, you know, it's been more than um, uh, the weight that I had before. So really trying to figure out like, what is it? What is it? Because in all these different methods and programs and things like that, it's like, why is it that I keep coming back to square one? And so for me, it was tapping into psychology. It was tapping into the mental side of it and saying, is there something there? Because I can exercise, I can run, I can eat certain things. I can do like all those things for long periods of time. Even the last time before keto, it was like four years of eating um, a certain way and exercising. When you and I met, you know, I was running and and all those kinds of things. I was a jogger. Um, And then, you know, you just, again, you go back to where you were. So um, do you think that you go back to where, where you were because it was a place of comfortability? Um, Because I think that sometimes we find solace and and the weight 
at some point. Yeah, so definitely, I think on, again, the sort of mentally emotional, that there's a, an emotional attachment that you have to um, certain behaviors um, and certain habits that we have. Mm-hmm. And so most of us, if you look at most of what we do, it's a series of, our whole lives are a series of habits and behaviors. Oh, it's, it's all thoughts, habitual. habits, and behaviors. Yes. And we are, you know, our brain seeks to have things be um, the same. And so we follow the same patterns all the time. Um, in everything that we do. So if you take a look at any patterns that you have in your life, there's patterns that you follow every day going to work. It's how you work. It's what you do every day at work. Um, It's the same thing at home. When we get up in the morning, we follow a series of patterns and we tend to do the same thing over and over and over. You know, it's ritualistic. Very much so. Our lives are like one giant ritual. Ritual. And Mm -hmm. so when you think about that, you have to kind of step outside of yourself and sort of look at it and say, what patterns do I have? And that is that missing link. Um, that's the secret sauce to being able to to release the weight and to leave it where it is, not pick it back up, is really changing those patterns and changing those um, habits that we have and replacing them with healthier habits. So first you have to kind of be aware of what are my patterns and habits because they're different for all of us. And even when you are following a certain way of eating, absolutely, those patterns and habits are still going to follow you. So as they come along, you know, with you, you've got to say for me, for example, and you know, cause you used to joke with me all the time about this, you know, I had a, a habit and a pattern of eating at a certain time of the day. Yes. If I got up <laughs> in the morning, it didn't matter whether I was hungry or not. It was like, oh, it's 10 o'clock or it's, it's you know, nine time. o'clock. I had to have breakfast. And then, you know, again, mentally, I was wrapped in a habit of if it's noon, I've got to have lunch. And by, you know, six, sometimes like it lasts to seven, eight o'clock. It was like, oh, now I have to have dinner. And again, regardless of whether I was hungry or not, I wasn't tapping into physically my body and whether or not I was actually hungry, it was just time. I was in this time pattern of it's time for this, it's time for that. Because I'm a Taurus, I tend to be very, you know, structured and And habitual (laughs) with things. Um, And so I had to realize, oh, wow, that's that's a habit and a pattern that I have. And is that a good pattern for me to have? Is that the only way that things can be? And so I also think that we get we're taught habits. We're taught patterns because you think about school, you know, you had breakfast in the morning and before going to school, when you're an infant, infant, you have feeding time. You're eating every two hours. You're feeding a baby every two hours. And sometimes we don't even allow a baby to wake up. We'll wake the baby up thinking that it's hungry because it hadn't eaten it every two, three or four hours. And truthfully, that baby, when they wake up, they'll alarm you and alert you to let you know that they're hungry. But because we are, we live in a world where everything is timed, then, you know, they have to feed, you know, at a certain time period right. like even animals don't eat when they're not hungry right and we put them on our schedule because right. again we have work we have you know lives we have things that we have to do as parents so we get started very early in life with being put on a schedule and doing things at a certain time and so that was one of those habits that I realized I had and that I had to break another you know habit that I had was 
Um, and I'm not really even sure where I picked this one up from, but, and it, it's very much, again, if you spend any time just sort of writing down um, certain habits and routines that you have, and don't, again, don't judge yourself about them, but just write down things right. that you do. What I always call it is, what is it that you, when I work with clients, it's like, what is it that you always do? Well, I always do this. I always do that. It's those always, you know, things that we do that are really mm-hmm. those habits that we need to examine and kind of see, you know, are these good habits for us? One that I had was after eating dinner, especially, and I'm not really sure why it was dinner. I don't know if it came from my childhood and the fact that probably because my grandmother always gave us something sweet after dinner, but there was a, a habit there that I had. And it didn't matter whether there was something prepared or not. It was as soon as I finished dinner, and even now to this day, I could just think because I, as I was preparing for this last night, I was thinking about it right after I got done um, with dinner last night. There's a habit or there's a trigger that happens where I instantly want something sweet. I feel like I have to sort of finish the meal Meal. Mm -hmm. with something sweet because again, and when I traced that habit back, it was like, that was one of the more fun times that um, we had with my grandmother was at the end of the night when, you know, after we'd eaten, we would always have some little sweet snack. Snack, So she had some little candies in her pocket or something like that. And so for me, it's a great, it's a fun connection to it. It's a very loving and caring memory and connection but when I think about it, I'm like, why is it that I always feel like I need something sweet, ice cream or whatever it is, or like strawberry, right or strawberries and whipped cream. cream? You know, and it's like, well, sure, strawberries. That's something that you know we can eat on keto. But it's like, I don't need that after every every dinner that I have, or I don't need something sweet. sweet period. Right. Even though we're eating healthier um, things that are sweet because we're eating chalk zero or things, you know, like that. But again, it's still like. You don't always need it. It's like, why is that a habit for me? And so that's the, the, the thing that made me pause with mm-hmm. that is saying it's not that, you know, it's just like, oh, it's something nice or it's, you know, a way to finish. But it, it's a habit. And so it's an unhealthy habit that then you need to interrupt. And I so what I see as the queens are posting in a group, even like new queens that come in, the first question they ask is two questions. What can I eat and what can I replace my sweet stuff? I have a sweet tooth and Mm -hmm. I want to replace it so I can be successful. And I'm like, okay, you haven't even started keto, but before you start, you're looking to replace a thing with another thing. Right. Like so you're replacing sugar for another sugar alternative, another sweet. And I think you don't give yourself an opportunity to really notice, like you just said, Dr. Tanya, that you have you don't need it. You don't need it because it's substitution. Right. It's you not, seven it's, out it's one like for another. It's a want or a need. Right. You know, that type of thing. If it's just something that you want and you're like, oh, I, you know, I like having this every now and then, then it's great. But you, ha- it's that, again, that being aware of, is this something that I feel like I need to have? Because if it's falling into that need category, um, then it's one of those habits that you're going to have to look at how healthy is this habit that I have? And what, um, you know, do I need to interrupt this habit? And so I think that's, 
you know, that's kind of like the part two of the secret sauce is one, it's being aware. It's figuring out what habits do I have? Are these healthy habits for me to have? Or am I just on autopilot just doing? Yes. And I talk to people a lot about being on autopilot where we are. It's like it's mindless eating. It's mindless. And you can do that same type of thing on keto. Yes. Have that same sort of mindless um, way of eating and of consuming food to where you aren't really, again, it's that mind-body connection where you aren't really paying attention and being aware of what you're doing and of when. Because there right, are I was going to say if you're if have. you're if you're not hungry, mm-hmm. like really tapping into your body and listening mm-hmm. to it. You know what I always tell you when you would say you're you were hungry. I said you have you had water because you're thirsty, and mm-hmm. I think oftentimes if you feel the urge to eat and you drink about sixteen ounces of water or more. And you're still not hungry, then it wasn't hungry. You were thirsty. And that you can sometimes um f- mistake thirst for being hungry. Right. Or just be there are lots of things in our lives that can trigger us to want to consume food. Oh, absolutely. And it has nothing to do with thirst or hunger. Well, absolutely. Um, truthfully. And so that's, you know, a piece that you have to look at too is when you start to examine those habits, you're going to find that there are certain times that you do things as well. Um, and you do that thing the same time. And it could be in response to something happening, to some situation, to something that someone says to you that triggers you and then makes you want to um, to consume some type of food or some type of beverage because you developed a habit with that. So I always you know, try to use myself as an example. And so example for me, years ago, I recognized the habit that I had with being stressed. And, you know, I worked a lot. I was truly a workaholic, always working, always working. And at the end of a long week, um, I had a habit of eating a certain type of food all the time. Every Friday at the end of the week, I was dog tired and I would go for that same food all the time, which was shrimp fried rice every Friday. (laughs) You know, it was shrimp fried rice every single Friday. And I had to stop. And that kind of started my journey was looking at that and saying, really, is it that you like shrimp fried rice that much? Or is it just that this provides you with some comfort, something that's happened? One, the fact that you haven't taken care of yourself all week right. and now that you're just worn out and you're burnt out and you're tired and this shrimp fried rice comforts you in some kind of way. And so it was interrupting that pattern took a lot of work for me. Because I would even, there was a carry out right across from the school where I was principal. I would park on the side of that carry out. Um, so I had to walk, walk right, right by, by it. it. <laughs> but the thing is, until you examine that, you right. don't even really know. Right. I thought, I always thought I was parking there because it was a safe place to park. It was, you know, directly across from the school. I didn't have to walk far. All those things. It was just ease. It was easy. <laughs> it right? was easy. And to me, in my mind, it didn't have anything to do with going to that carryout. Right. But at the end of the day, when I decided that I wanted to live a healthier lifestyle, I had to examine that. And I was like, dude, how is it that I'm in this carryout religiously? They knew me by name. They were like, hey, you know, and they were always happy. And they knew your order, right? They gave me extra rice, you know, extra (laughs) shrimp. (laughs) Sometimes I didn't have to pay for my extra shrimp. So, you know, but, and I thought it was all great. But then when I examined it and looked at it, I was like, wow, okay. In order for me, because the question that you have to ask yourself is, 
once you realize the pattern that you have, how can I interrupt this? Because that's the only way you're going to change is if there's something, and in psychology, we call it a pattern interrupt. But it's, but keep it simple. Just how can I interrupt this pattern? I know that this is a habit that I have. How can I interrupt it? And what can I do differently? Right. And so for me, it and, and our pattern interrupts a lot of times can be physical things too, because right. it, a lot of it, we want to think so much about things. But it's like in order to shift your brain out, sometimes you have to have that physical aspect. So for me, it was understanding that I couldn't park next to that carryout. Right. I had to park on the opposite side of the street and I had to w- be walking away from the carryout, <laughs> not even looking at it. Right. But exactly. Walk, I'm walking in the other direction. So I'd, the carryout, I'd come out of the building and I had to turn to the left and walk straight down. And so I changed where I parked. That was the first way I could interrupt that pattern. And that's that shift. Exactly. That's that shift. That that small shift made a big difference. It did because again, it wasn't as long as that carryout was staring me in the face when I walked across. And the you street, had to walk past it to I, get I, into I, the car. Exactly. I, you know, and it's like I could smell it, all, all those things. So again, I had to physically interrupt that pattern to go a different direction. And yes, it was further for me to walk, which was fine. Um, it Again, it faced me a different direction. So I wasn't even looking at the carryout. And I really jumped in my car and was more focused on the traffic and getting home and that kind of thing and not so much. So yes, I, you you have to sort of find a way to shift, to shift or to interrupt those patterns that we have. Um, so it could be, you know, that way with any pattern that you have, if it is the eating sweet stuff at the end of the mm-hmm. night for dinner, then you are the munching when you're another pattern that people yes. have is when you're watching TV. TV. We feel like we got to have the snacks, right? You got to get the popcorn, corn, which we don't eat. eat. You know, you think about oh, so all even, the even pork rinds. Even pork rinds. Right. Well, it triggers in your mind all those things that you did do when you were eating those things. So think about like when we sat down to Netflix and chill or whatever you write in a movie, <laughs> then it's like, okay, we got to have popcorn, there's some chips, there's soda, there's this, there's that. And so what you'll find even in the keto world is that you do that same thing because you those replacements that you yes. talk about, you sit down to the movie, you got to have your Zevia soda, you got to have your pork rind because you're replacing, you're seeking to replace all those things that you always had. <laughs> but the next level, replacement is okay, yes. but the next level is to interrupt that pattern and to be able to say, I don't have to do that every single time I sit down to watch a movie. So I, I, I when you... Think about patterns or when as I'm thinking about patterns that I have, two things come to mind Um, and in regards to um, what you just said about watching movies and things like that. But when they talk about a snowstorm coming. Yes. Oh, you you are famous (laughs) for that. We call them snow Snow snacks in the Featherston household. (laughs) And my wife, Wendy, is famous for snow snacks. I am. Shopping. I am. And. So before keto, I mean, it, it kind of almost is the Always. same still. <laughs> it's still the same um, about what I would eat. So we would have, it was like, so we would go, well, not we, I would go <laughs> to the store and get, you know, a couple pounds of crab legs and some shrimp because those are snow snacks, honey. I wanted <laughs> to be snowed and well. And then I had other things. But even now um, on keto, and I'm thinking back toward the winter, yes. when, again, it snowed. Not no, really, though, it, it didn't really it, snow, It was right? like a dusting of snow, <laughs> but my wife still needed some snow snacks. And I had to have them because we had a snow day. <laughs> <laughs> and so... <laughs> 
And thinking about it, I'm like, hmm, wow. So that's something, you know, mm-hmm. those patterns. If we're still in Maryland <laughs> next winter, I will change. I hope to not be here anymore and, <laughs> you know, and not have to worry about snow snacks because I don't want to buy stuff like that unless it's about to be a snowstorm. And so then the other pattern um, that I actually interrupted um, over the course of the last couple of days is when you're upset or worried Mm -hmm. or, you know, you are feeling some type of way and knowing that, you know, you're using food Mm -hmm. as, as comfort. And so I was upset about something and really feeling not great about the situations and things like that. And I really, you know, in the midst and in between my tears, I really had to talk to myself because it was on on so many different times. I just wanted to get up and go get some birthday cake. Not it's something about birthday cake that that provides comfort for me at a time. But I I, I really talked myself out of it, and I didn't replace it with anything keto because I could have come in the kitchen and you know, baked a pound cake or made a keto, keto a mug cake like or something quick. I have icing already in the refrigerator. I could have done that, right? I keep icing in the refrigerator, y'all. But keto icing. Yeah, it's keto icing. It's keto um cream cheese icing. So it is it is that thing that I really just, you know, I had to applaud myself um, after I got over myself. And I was like, okay, chick, you really are not um, like that stuck on that food anymore and looking, not looking for food to comfort me. Mm -hmm. Right. And not, not being a slave to food. Right. And that's that the thing I was speaking about earlier about certain things trigger you to want certain types of food. And again, that's that emotional connection that you have to that food. So there's an emotional connection (laughs) that you have to the birthday cake Um, outside of having birthday cake, you know, as a kid, but there's an emotional connection that you have to times in your life when things have been difficult and the birthday cake has comforted you. Yes. And so every time you, you know, have some sort of difficulty, that trigger is there. It happens. It, it, you know, it goes off and then your brain thinks, oh, well, she's upset. She's crying. She's sad. So we need birthday cake cake. Mm because birthday cake makes it, makes it all right. It makes it feel good. Makes it feel good. It's the same thing with me. Oh, she's tired. She's stressed. Um, she needs, you know, shrimp fried rice because shrimp fried rice is going to make it all right. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like, but your brain does that because your brain, our brains always seek to keep us safe. And to keep things constant, you know, it, that's, that's his job really is to keep you safe, to keep you, you know, even and sort of, you mm-hmm. know, keep your equilibrium. So when things are off, your mind just seeks to, to make it right. And so if you've made that connection with food as the thing to make it right, because, you know, I think about people who eat and I am a lover of ice cream. 
Um, you know, but I think about people who ice cream is not my stress food though. Whereas for some people it is, you know, I have girlfriends who are like, Oh, I ate a, a pint of ice cream or I ate a, you know, because something was wrong in a relationship or and you, and you mm-hmm. find yourself sitting down eating a pint or a gallon, gallon of ice cream. cream. Right. And you're, and again, there is an emotional connection between you, you know, um, gorging out on that ice cream, falling asleep, getting up the next morning and feeling somewhat better, maybe or but, not, or bad about yourself. <laughs> about, but the emotional connection usually is it's it's provided you some kind of comfort. It's made you feel better in some kind of way. Right. Maybe the situation wasn't better, but you just say, oh, okay, maybe I can deal with this, or maybe I just feel better. I drown my sorrows in that pint of the, or that gallon of <laughs> ice cream. But you know what though, I when you think about it, we're pre-programmed to do that. Not only do we have our own connection to the food, mm-hmm. but when you watch television. Oh, yeah, all the time. So, like the Golden Girls, they always had a cheesecake mm-hmm. or when something went, went wrong, wrong or some ice cream. <laughs> yeah. You think about um, girlfriends, how they got together with ice mm-hmm. cream. Mm-hmm. Um, and psychology is two things. It's subliminal messages. And now in more modern day, they'll call it neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. But basically when we watch television a lot, we're programmed, even sometimes in music and things like that. Again, your mind is constantly being programmed to do a certain thing. Because if you think about, look at all the commercials we watch about food. And the, the, and medication. the, the funniest one right now is the blue bunny one with the britches. Oh, yeah. There's the, the couple and, and the bunny is there and the bunny yes. has filled their ice, their freezer full of Sundays. And it's like, bye bye britches, because they didn't want to put on pants to have to go outside to get the Sunday. And the bunny, so the bunny then f- filled up the freezer, brought it to him and said, oh, you don't even need britches because here I already got you a full. But but so that's that programming, <laughs> because Excuse what that's saying to us psychologically is. Oh, on those times on the weekend when you don't want to get dressed and go outside, just fill your freezer up with that stuff that you like. Fill it up with ice cream so you'll be prepared. Right. You'll already be ready. And so for some of us, that may become a habit where instead of having one or two of something, you know, we stockpile stuff so that we have it because you feel like when you need it, when whatever happens, when we get triggered in some sort of way, then that thing is there. But that's that pattern interrupt again, yes. is to not stockpile those things. If you know, a good example would be some of the keto substitutions, which are, are great substitutions for us to have, but it's still, it goes back to that all things in moderation kind of thing. If you know that you can't handle, you know, having too much chalk zero around because you're just going to eat it all, then interrupt that pattern don't get 10 bags of chalk zero or five <laughs> bags of chalk zero you end up eating you know, it all. like you have to interrupt that pattern and say yes. i'm only gonna get one bag of this it has five little bars in it and when those five bars are are done because chalk zero is often Six out bars. of stuff yes you're right so that's what that i was gonna say that pattern it because does. you can't get it right and, away and, and i think um about some of the keto items although a lot of people want keto items to be like true keto items not not the crap that they put on the shelves and slap keto on the box right but like you said like chalk zero or the zevia zevia or or the um the little cookies that we just got that are yeah i can't remember the name of those yeah fun snacks or something something like like that that. all the little keto snacks that they have now they are not you can't buy them in the store and then you have to go and make something. And so that in and of itself to me is a great pattern interrupter 
mm-hmm. if you have to go make it. Because sometimes if I have to go make something and I don't want, want to, I'll do without. Right. Or do you have all the items you need right. to be able to make it? Then you have to go to the grocery store. So again, that, that disrupts that pattern. It does. It requires a lot more effort and energy for you to be able to get that thing because it's not right on hand like that. Right. So, so there are lots of ways that, you know, we can look at first, I just say, examine your habits, examine your patterns, see what your patterns are, because they're different for all of us, write them down. And then work on them one by one. It's not, you know, something that you're going to change all overnight. But as you pick one pattern and really examine it, figure out the when, when do you do it, the where do you do it, and the why do you do it. Once you figure that out, then you can know sort of a little bit more about what triggers you with that thing. What is it, you know, that you're doing with this unhealthy habit? Or what comfort does that thing provide? What comfort does it bring to you? And then, okay, how can I interrupt this? How can I disrupt this pattern um, in a way that will shift my behavior and have me do something different in that moment? And then just know that it requires practice. So me, you know, in the story that I told at the beginning about me parking beside the carry out, was that a one and done? Absolutely not. not. <laughs> because, you know, two or three days later, I'm driving mindlessly, you know, to works, following the same path that I always follow. And it's a habit. It was a habit. It's like, here I am, pulled up again. Right. Didn't really think about it. Because again, we're on autopilot. Parked, got in, you know, end of the day, looked in the, I'm going the other direction. So I'm saying, where's my car? Where's my car? And then I realized, oh, I parked in my old space right beside the carrier. <laughs> so I'm running around looking crazy, looking for my car, trying to figure out where I, I thought, thought at one point somebody had stole my car. And I'm like, no, I went back to that old habit. And park beside the carryout. So again, it takes practice with all of these. And don't please by any stretch of the imagination. Do not beat yourself up. Be gentle. Because yourself. you come up with something to interrupt a pattern that you have. And then a couple of days later, you find yourself doing that thing again. It takes a lot of time. They always say it takes 21 days to develop a new habit or to break an old one. I think it takes a little longer than that for it to really be really ingrained in you. Um, So, you know, give yourself time. Um, As Wendy says all the time, be gentle with yourself. And And give yourself grace. Just know that it takes practice, that you're going to have to interrupt this pattern multiple times before it gets rooted and grounded in you enough to where you really do take on that new behavior and do something different. And give yourself grace. Give yourself grace. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. Rome wasn't built in a day and neither will a new mindset and a new body be built in a day either, because we have practiced these behaviors for Mm -hmm. a long time. Your entire life. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so why do we expect things to change automatically Mm -hmm. and overnight? Right. Like, why? Why do why do we expect that? And it's funny because I was looking at a post that a young lady in another group that I'm in, um, which she posted. And I was like, wow, OK, that's a, 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 a really harsh way of looking at things. And because it, it makes you, it, it makes you be hard on yourself. And the post that she posted says, I don't always diet and exercise, but when I do, 
I expect the results to be instant, dramatic, and spectacular. Oh, wow. You setting yourself up for um, for failure if you expect all of that instantly? Instantly. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, you expect. And so the thing about having or setting an expectation is that... If that thing doesn't happen, then you feel like a failure, like you mm-hmm. failed. So you set yourself up for failure. It's such a perfect storm for failure. It really is. And to keep yourself, you've already given yourself an instant excuse not to exercise anymore, not to try to eat better because of how you set yourself up um, to do it and what you expect to happen for it, just merely with the word instantly. Like there's nothing right. that you do almost in life where I'm going to lift weights one time and then instantly I'm going to have a huge bicep. Well, we all wish that would happen, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's not going to happen. I'm going to do two squats and instantly I'm going to have, have the butt of life. you know, a Beyonce butt or something like that's not going to happen. But if that's in your mind, if that's what you told yourself, because the, the thing is that I always tell people is your mind will do what you tell it. So if you've told your mind, that this is how you want things to be that, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. If, if I don't get this instant magical mm-hmm. result, mm-hmm. then you never will go down that road to be able to, to do any of the exercise, the changing your eating or any of those things. And I also think she set herself up um, or she set this, this statement up letting you know, she didn't put much effort. She says, I don't always diet and exercise, but <laughs> Right, and the the reason why she doesn't is because of what comes after that. But but. (laughs) because I set myself up not to ever be successful with this, I won't ever be successful. It's an instant excuse, right? And 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 I'm and this wasn't in Black Girls Keto too. I just want to be clear about that because um, I really would have um, you know challenged her on it um, because I just think that. Nothing is instant. Um, you you have to 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 do your work, right? You have to do those things, as Dr. Tanya says, to interrupt patterns. You have to figure out what those triggers are, what those mm-hmm. things um are that cause you to eat and, and do the work. See, it is some work that has to happen and is more than eating. I say it all the time. Releasing weight is more than about eating. So you can definitely follow the ketogenic way of eating and weight will fall off of you. Inches will, because it it is what happens when you eat that way. However, in order for it to be long-term and sustainable, and truly become a lifestyle, you have to shift that mindset and doing things differently. So, Dr. Tanya, what do you think about um, when when people, or not ask it like this, how can people make the shift? Like, what, I know you said that they, you know, have to figure these things out. But once we figure them out, then what? 
once you figure out what patterns you have. What patterns? Like, how do we... <laughs> right. So then the the thing that you do or create to disrupt your pattern, it, it's, it's, it's unique to you. So again, just like the example we gave of, you know, the watching a movie, sitting on the couch, watching a movie, and you have a pattern of feeling like you've got to have certain snacks. Um, <clears throat> then you have to look at that particular pattern and say, how can I shift this and make this different? Cause you mm-hmm. have to, and my thing is, it's a lot about physical, um, things that you can do. So physically sit in a different space. Right. Don't sit because again, once you sit yourself in that same spot, you always sit on the couch. It triggers the rest of that pattern. Get to be that blanket. <laughs> right. You get your, so it's like, okay, I'm not going to sit in the same spot. I'm going to sit in a chair because this chair maybe is not as comfortable as not, but it doesn't have that same memory to it. Right. That's going to lead you down the path of doing that pattern. So, um, so that's the first piece is doing something physical as much as possible to disrupt that pattern. Just like for me, it's, it's if it's driving in a different diet, if, if your thing is, you know, certain foods out there, fast foods or that kind of stuff, don't go the same way down by that McDonald's, go a different direction. Right. Even if it takes you two or three minutes longer to get to work, stop passing by that Starbucks, stop, you know, cause again, you're going to fulfill that pattern, mm-hmm. that habit because you're doing the exact same thing you've always yes. done. So what you want to do is find a physical way. Sometimes there are physical reminders that you can have um, about things. For example, when we first started with um, keto and with eating healthier and just making the conscious choice and the decision that we were going to eat you know, healthier foods, then um, for me, we've always used the um, aromatherapy bracelets. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but I found one when we were at a store one day that had a little charm on it that just says um, healthy eating. Mm-hmm. And so it's one that I wear often because just when I, and it jingles, so it makes noise. So again, that's that physical, right? Because it's tapping into your physical senses. So it jingles. So I always know it's there on my arm because it's not silent like the other ones I will wear. Right. And so it always makes me look down at it. And every time I look down at it, that little charm says, looks at me and says, healthy eating, healthy eating. It's a constant reminder to me to make a healthier choice. So we can also have, and that's, you know, in psychology, it's called an anchor, Anchor, but we can have physical anchors in our lives too, that are really leading us to disrupt that pattern and go a different direction. So it could be visual things that you have up in your space. If eating, if your pattern is you're at work and you say you do, you're in an office and and you work on computers and snacking is your thing, you can have visual reminders up of the fact that you're going to make healthier choices. Then again, you can disrupt that pattern by making sure that, you know, you don't have access to those kinds of snacks or if everybody's bringing them around, like when I was in school full time, um, you know, a, a school is the world's worst place for, um, donuts and cookies and snacks and all that kind of stuff. And so I let the people around me know, okay, I'm not eating that. So don't, don't bring like, it, don't bring right. those things. But even when they would come to me because teachers always want snacks because they tend to be stressed. And a lot of times we stress eat. I had healthy snacks to give them. So I'm like, oh, here, you know, you can have something that's healthier. So again, you have to set yourself up if you are going to and have your, I used to carry a little cooler that had like um, fruit yes. in it and things like that. So get your, you know, healthy um, Some veggies cheese and, and cheese 
pepperoni, um, strawberries, and things like that that you can have. And carry, put them in a little bag, carry them around with you. And so, and have them in your desk. That way, when, you know, everybody else is going to the vending machine or reaching for the cookies and the chips, you can reach for the the keto um, approved snacks that you can have. So again, it's, there's a physical that goes along with the, with the mental of having those anchors in your life so that you can go to them as opposed to going to the things that um, are not, you know, keto friendly and that are not as healthy for us. So those are the, so again, it's giving yourself tools, I think, to, to disrupt those patterns, setting up new habits um, from the moment you wake up. I always say, I have a saying, you know, you win the morning, you you win win the day. Absolutely. Setting yourself up in the morning, first thing um, with patterns that are going to really um, help put your mind in a space where you're going to want to continue with the keto lifestyle. You're going to want to. So again, disrupting patterns with uh, meal prepping. I hear you talk about meal prepping all the time. That's a pattern disrupt. Yes, it, it is. It disrupts you having to go to the quickie and get all the quick stuff yes. that you don't need. So that's a pattern disrupt. So there are lots of different ways. There are thousands of ways around us that we can disrupt these patterns, but you just have to sort of think through what are my patterns? What am I doing? And now what's a physical way? And whether it's an anchor, whether it's a changing of a habit or something like that. And figuring out what those what those habits are. And a thing that we do with the teachers that we work with is mindful eating. Yes. And, and children that we work with. Um, and, you know, I encourage you to get your meal. And sit down in complete silence and use your, or engage and use your senses. You know, smell your food. Like really take in the aroma of each thing that's on your plate before you even eat it. Look at it, right? Use your sight and look at, you know, what it looks like. You know, is it appealing to the eye? So when I create or make my plates, I make them pretty because we eat with our eyes first. And then, you know, you touch your food, feel it, like really engage your senses. I'm not saying put your hand in your whole plate, y'all. I'm just (laughs) saying, you know, feel it. It's okay. You know, it's a piece of food. Your hands are clean and it's your food. And then really like when you take your bites of food, like chew them and, and chew them for a long, long time. time. Hold it in your mouth. Roll it around in your mouth. Yes. Um, it reminds me of a, a, a assignment when I was teaching college courses that I did with college students that I had in asking them, you know, for them it was pizza because that's mostly what they ate. But, you know, how long does it take for you to eat a slice of pizza? And most of the students in the class were like, oh, well, you know, a minute, two minutes, right. I'm like, for well, a whole slice of pizza? So, you know, we did it as an experiment to see, but I was like, okay, we get to eat, you know, pizza during this class session, but it's going to take us 15 minutes to eat one slice of pizza. And they looked at me like I was crazy. What, 15 minutes? What are we supposed to be doing in the meantime? <laughs> Again, it's mindful eating. So, you know, I encourage people to do the same thing. You know, when you get your plate for each bite, 
if you try to take like anywhere from 30 to 60 seconds per bite, right. and mm-hmm. so a whole minute of savoring, really thinking, and you can just sit and, and just like, oh, what does this taste like? How does it feel in my mouth? Is it soft? Is it like scratchy? Is it, you know, is it really salty? So really kind of go or through the whole process. Up, or try to pick up what what flavor um component what seasonings are in i mean if you cooked it you know right but you can but taste can you really it taste them individually yes. as opposed to collectively yes um but yeah really spend time with one it helps with your digestion um but two it also helps you to have a different relationship which again goes back to that you know that secret sauce that is all about our relationship with food and so you know when you can sit down with your plate and you're not just consuming it quickly scarfing it down right, because you're hungry <laughs> or because you have something else that you need to get on to but that you really are taking your time and you're enjoying that particular meal that you created for yourself um and just really experiencing the food as yes. well so making it an experience um, then I think it, it shifts your relationship with food. And that's kind of at the heart of um, of us having long-term success with keto yes. or with anything else. Because like I said earlier, you can have a weight loss surgery and have a stomach the size of a chickpea <laughs> and still, <laughs> you can't, and still yes. um, gain all of that weight back but, and go back to where you were, reset yourself because you haven't changed your relationship with food. You haven't addressed the emotional and the mental aspect of eating. And so, you know, and that then, that is is what it's really all about. And that's going to be the thing that's going to shift and change the game for you long term. And it is a game changer when you recognize your, your food, like the, your relationship with food. When you, when you recognize, like, do you really know what you're eating? I mean, sometimes people cook things, but they just throw their food on their plate, grab their phone, tablet, or whatever, or book, or whatever, and they just eat because out of habit, and they're reading, scrolling through, and, and not paying attention to what it is that they're consuming at all. A fly could fly on your plate, on your food. Well, you didn't just ate that fly because you you didn't even look to see what what was going on and and on your plate, and so having that that relationship um, with food. I know just recently for me, um, doing my thirty nine hour fast, I really um, understood you know the, my relationship with food. Knowing and learning that I don't really need food to to live, I mean we're told that, and as much of it, that's the right? As, or as often, <laughs> often right. or as often. Yeah. So if I don't eat for two and a half days, almost, you're not gonna die. I'm, not gonna, I'm still here. <laughs> I didn't die. I'm still here. And actually, I felt pass out. no. I'm not gonna pass out my blood. Look, pass out. no, my blood sugar not gonna plummet. <laughs> now, here's what I do know: is if you don't keep your electrolytes up on keto, I don't know about anything else, mm-hmm. but on keto, if you're fasting and you don't keep your electrolytes out up, then you will pass out and some <laughs> other stuff. So, it, but it's not the lack mm-hmm. of food. It's not the lack of food. No, it, no it's not the lack of food. You know, and so 
I am appreciative, Dr. Tanya, of you taking this time out of your busy day. And I know you're really busy. Never too busy for you, dear. And the <laughs> the Black Girls Keto 2 community. So I had a blast. It was so much fun. So we appreciate you. So we are going to end this with the way I end it with everyone else. So I'm going to ask you a question. This is my Oprah moment. Oh, okay. This is my right. Oprah moment. <laughs> you know, that Oprah vibration, right? <laughs> and so I'll ask you the two questions. And, you know, Super Soul Sunday-esque. Okay. Um, and you can answer them. Okay? Okay. So, keto is to you. Hmm. Keto is to me, uh, I would say a way of life. A way mm -hmm. of life. And finish this sentence. I am. I am... Powerful and fabulous. Oh. <laughs> well, there you have it. The illustrious, powerful, and fabulous Dr. Tanya Rochelle Featherston. <laughs> oh, she's my middle name. <laughs> I got the whole government. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, if you all would like coaching with dr tanya that is available and dr tanya where can they reach you they, if they want to work outside of the the you know keto coaching mm -hmm. if they want you know some other type of coaching because she does business coaching too y'all so yes so if you would like um to reach me one-on-one -on -one, you can reach me at askdrtanya.com um is that enough just the website or I mean I could give an email how much you want how much information you want me to give <laughs> ask Dr. Tanya <laughs> or you can you can email me at askdrtanya at gmail.com so it's all simple ask yes Dr. Tanya all right Dr. Tanya thank you so much you are welcome and you guys keto on have a fabulous time you who you ladies, I'm sorry, you ladies. Queen. Queens. Absolutely. <laughs> I got to keep it straight, y'all. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> it's that, it's that, that interrupt that pattern. Of, yes. Yes. Of you ladies. I can't say ladies. I yes, say you queens. can say ladies. Oh, okay. You ladies keto on and continue to be fabulous. All right. Thank you. <laughs>
Black Girls Keto 2. Instagram is Black Girls underscore Keto 2. And you can email me like a lot of you do at Wendy at creativelywendy.com. All right. I can't wait to hear from you. So now we are adding a new section um, to the podcast. And it is called Shout Outs. Shout Outs, Shout Outs. It's shout outs and um, celebrations. I want to take this time to celebrate some of the successes that the queens are having over in Facebook world, right? It's some amazing things happening over in Facebook where we share our wins and our challenges and we support, we celebrate, we give encouragement, and we also, you know, give a little um, correction, you know, because we want everyone to, you know, do this right, or at least, at least be equipped, right, with the right information. And, you know, you always have free will, to do with it what you want. So nobody's the boss of anyone, right? <laughs> but we are, um, you know, we just want you to be equipped with, with the right information so that we can, you know, celebrate and encourage you along your way. So without further ado, I have a couple of people I want to shout out and celebrate. So the first shout out is for our queen, Nisi Miller. I am so grateful and appreciative of Nisi because she has taken it upon herself to do a 21 day water challenge in the group. So each day, Nisi posts a video um, of what you know she wants us to do for that day and the water challenge is drinking half your body weight in ounces of water a day now i must you know say that you know i've jumped on day one and i've been doing pretty good but some days i didn't make it to my full you know half my body weight in ounces that day but the thing is, is that I am drinking more water than I was. And so that is the goal of this challenge for us to drink more water. So the reason drinking the water is important, you know, people say, oh, I drink um, eight ounces of um, eight, eight ounce glasses of water or a gallon of water a day. So because we are releasing weight and our bodies is burning fat for fuel, then the water helps to flush that fat out because other than that, it redeposits in our bodies. So water is crucial. Water keeps you hydrated, is good for your hair, your skin, and all of those different things. So drink, drink, drink. Join us on this um, 21 day challenge. I don't remember. I think we're on day 12 or something like that. But 
I say jump in now and then continue for your 21 days. And I'm going to do 25 to 30 days because it takes 21 days to build a habit. But if you continue past that, then you solidify that habit and ingrain it in you and it becomes habitual. It becomes a part of you. All right. So thanks, Nisi. Thanks, girl. You are amazing at um, keeping us motivated. So I appreciate you. So the next queen I want to highlight and celebrate is Latanya Johnson for releasing 15 pounds. Yay. Congrats to you, queen. And the next um, person I want to highlight is Veronica Franchelle. She has released 40 pounds in three months, I believe. Kudos to you, queen. Keep up the amazing work and the great job. Proud of you. Tara Fulgram released 10 pounds in two weeks. Congrats to you, Queen. And, you know, I just, you know, went through where people have released weight. And so we celebrate. We like to celebrate when we see the scale move, right? But I encourage you all to celebrate everything along the way. And the biggest things that you should be mindful of and to celebrate is non-scale victories, right? Those NFSs. Or, or I said NFSs. <laughs> NSVs, right? Non-scale victories. NSVs. So I'm going back to celebrate um, some non-scale victories for Miss Nisi Miller, our water challenge queen. And I just thought it was really cute um, how she put it. And so she says that in celebrating, you know, she is celebrating her non-scale victories, which means a lot to her. And Nisi is sleeping like a baby, skin clear like a preteen, <laughs> ease in her joint pain, no more eczema, her IBS is in check, and her energy is through the roof. And she says all of that in three months. Well, you better come on here, Miss Nisi, and do the damn thing. Those non-scale victories, y'all, are worth it. Pay attention to your body. Pay attention to what your body is doing. That's the only way you're going to really get and understand what a non-scale victory is, is when you are mindful of what your body is doing. But because when the scale don't move, you know, that tend to trip some people up. But pay attention to the non-scale victories, y'all. They, they are amazing. And actually, to me, they mean more. They mean more. Because if you have been suffering from eczema um, of all your life or, you know, at, for some time, you know, that that's not a, a really cute thing. So to be able to have eczema clear up, 
come on now. For all of you who have eczema out there, you know what that feels like. Or you have children with eczema, right? And so that that really, you know, it, it lets you know that the foods that we're even feeding our children are not good for them. And we can correct eczema with diet, right? With the foods that we eat. So that's something to be mindful of. And watching your body change. And watching your clothes get too big. And okay, so and I'm gonna say this because this is a non-scale victory. Um, I don't have her name and I wouldn't say her name anyway, but I just thought this was really cute. Um, and I've been there, and if you've been there, you can raise your hand once I tell you what it is that she <laughs> was a non-scale victory for her. I'm laughing before I said it because it is funny to me. But one of the queens um, posted that she had to um, sew her panties up because she wasn't ready to buy new panties. I've been there. Like when your drawers are dropping down. (laughs) So she got her needle and thread out, y'all, and she sewed them up, honey. She tacked them on the side and went on with her life and she is just continuing on her keto journey but that absolutely is a non-scale victory you know when your bras are too big right or when like me when you can't find a bra because you're in between cup sizes and you're they don't make a a a 40b Mm, see so i am grateful for the non-scale victories i celebrate all of the victories that we have but the non-scale ones are 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 big to me and i encourage you all to celebrate yourselves every time that you get a chance say look in the mirror and say to yourself i did that i did that and celebrate yourself don't celebrate yourself with food because you're not an animal so you don't need treats but you can go buy yourself a new outfit a new shirt or you know get a massage or something like that celebrate yourself in that manner all right stay tuned and we'll be right back All right, ladies, we have come to the end of another episode of Black Girls Keto 2. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you consider to take some of the tips and tools that were provided here to help you along your keto journey. Like our podcast, if you will. Share it with a friend if you find value and join us over in Facebook world at Black Girls Keto 2. Join us on Instagram at Black Girls underscore Keto 2. And if you want to leave us a message, you can leave us a message right here on the podcast and I'll use it. Um, in some of our future episodes. So I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you have to say. So 
send me that message. And until next week, be blessed and have a good one on purpose. <laughs>